Blog Talk Hello? Radio. <laughs> That is weird. Okay, hey, hey, this is Michael. Sorry, my our our studio is giving me all sorts of weird error messages. I hung up on myself, and it's telling me I'm not connected. So before we get too far along, can everybody who's with me on the line still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can. Awesome. I, I'm not sure what's going on on the back end of Blog Talk Radio, but it's not quite working right. So anyway, looks like we're all here and we're all live. So that's great. This is Michael and it is December 7th and we're going to do a discussion show about an interesting topic. Uh, I wasn't sure if Robin would be with us, but she is here. So hey, Robin, welcome mm-hmm. to Drive Through. The occasional, the occasional episodes we do these days, how are you getting along? I uh, I am good. I cannot, uh, you know, we could probably all say this. I cannot believe we're getting to the end of 2021, people. Um, and, and so I'm actually sitting here kind of uh, uh, daily in disbelief that um, there's a whole lot of crap to get done before the the calendar rolls over. Yeah, t- totally. Um, I mean, I, I, I remember praying fervently for the end of 2020, because of the pandemic, and then 2021 came and went like a flash. So oh I don't even God. have an opinion. I don't even have an opinion on 2022 just yet. So I'm just I'm going to hold. I'm going <laughs> to forever hold my peace, as they say, and wedding vows at sometimes. So so anyway, our, our so we did a show a couple weeks ago uh, with a guest who who had pitched us on a show that was called uh, Non-Binary in the Boardroom, and and it was a little bit of a clickbait. Um, a little bit of a clickbait topic because we didn't really talk that much about non-binary in the boardroom because according to our guest uh, for that show, it, it's, a, it's a thing that's coming, but it isn't really upon us yet. But what it did do is it reminded me that I had had a discussion with one of our guests a few months ago about doing a show about non being non-binary and kind of mm-hmm. what that's like, but not so much like from an HR perspective um i mean we'll probably touch on that a little bit the, you know the, but but we, this isn't intended to be a best practices around pronouns or non-binary it's more to to talk about like real real life, life. stuff i guess yeah. yeah life so so we have no no script and we actually have no truly prepared questions which we usually at least try to offer our guests a bit of that but our guests today are are, are katrina kibben and Lara Lawson. So both have been guests in the past. So what, both of you, welcome back to Drive Through HR. Um, how are you both today? I guess I'll throw it to you, Katrina, first. How are you doing? I'm good, but I'm also sitting here like I am the non-binary boardroom. Bring it. So I'm excited <laughs> to be here as always. Maybe I, maybe after the show's over, I'll make an introduction to you. Right? Was, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, why not, right? Um, I, I can't, Robin. I can't pull the I can't pull the guest name up. Do you remember her name? I can I can, I can look it up, but I can't pull her name up off the yeah. top of my head. Yep, it was um, um, Patty. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on her last name. Um, yeah, we'll find it. Not that it's unimportant. Patty Patty recruits for, Patty, Patty Lenkov for Patricia Lenkov. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Patricia Lenkov. Yeah, she recruits for. Um, 
she, part of her business is she has a practice, she has a recruiting practice and she recruits for the boardroom. Um, she said that that's about 20 to 30% of her practice trying to find diverse talent for boardrooms. And one of the things that she had called out was the fact that non, non-binary uh, people are sort of will become a growing need because it's a growing um, portion of our society and it's sadly not represented in boardrooms at this point. And she said people really aren't looking for that yet. But, but yeah, so but Katrina definitely will make that connection because you never know. She's awesome. probably going to get one one of these days if she's thinking about it, right? So, anyway, exactly. you're doing well. You, you are the non-binary boarder, so I guess we can, we can add that to your bio or whatever. But for our guests, <laughs> um, before, before I turn to Lara, for our guests, uh, seriously introduce yourself and kind of give us your quick, you know, business bio and what you do. Yeah, so my name's Katrina Kibben. My pronouns are they, them. I run a company called Three Ears Media where we teach recruiters to write. I've been in this industry for a long time as a managing editor, a head of marketing, sitting on HR and recruiting teams to create their their content. And the one thing that I kept seeing is that a lot of our problems could have been solved with better communication. So I built an entire business around being better communicators at work. Um, Most of the time that's in the context of job posting. But I also talk about pronouns and belonging because that's my real life, being a non-binary person who is leading a company right here, right now in HR and recruiting is unique. And I, I know that I'm not part of some huge crowd, but I'm really, really excited that you asked me to be here today to just talk about life because that's the part that matters. You know, we talk all the time about how work and life are two separate versions of us, and I think that's bullshit. So I'm here to dispel the myth. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they, they they do tend to blend together, right? Although some people still, you know, I mean, anyway. So, and, and then our other guest today is Lara, and I've known her for years, and I know how to pronounce her name, but I've, I mispronounced it <laughs> twice today. So that's just the kind of day it is. Um, Lara Lawson, who I've known, I guess, going back four or five years now, and Lara is currently living in, in Mexico and had been living in Colombia, uh, the country, prior to that. So she's been, we were just kind of catching up saying you lead a, at least what sounds like an exotic life, but you also work in the HR space. So tell us about you and what you do, Lara. Yeah, um, no, I actually started my career in HR um, doing job training for people with disabilities, um, have made my way up through the talent acquisition and training spaces since then, and now um, I'm a TA director for a, a tech firm. So that's me. Uh, my pronouns are, are she, her. Um, I am a queer femme, which is a um, like a, a queer gender identity, I guess you can say. And so sort of my connection to the community um, has typically been through my partners who are more transmasculine, um, non-binary uh, type of folks. And so sort of living as someone who's adjacent to, to this and sort of seeing what, um, you know, what work life can be like um, for people who don't fit a particular type of mold or, um, you know, seem a little bit different um, has really driven a lot of my passion for just bringing your full authentic self to work. It, and and you, you actually are doing as sort of a, a side, it's not a side project. That that sounds like I'm minimizing it and it's not. You, you, you work for a, a very interesting company and you've, you, you've had the latitude, I guess, in, in your role 
to also kind of be able to grab onto and sort of build a grassroots um, DEI initiative where I think you're doing a lot of a cool stuff as well. And that's not really like part of your job description, if I remember correctly, but it's, it's like a big thing yeah. that you're doing with your company right now, right? Yeah, it's something that, um, you know, being a nerdy company, we went with Jedi for our moniker. So um, we, we wanted to start something to increase um, just, or I guess to really change up our team. It seemed like everyone um, was someone who already knew someone and they realized that they were going to be um, going into a sort of group sync mentality. And um, so they wanted to introduce the idea um, to, you know, a whole bunch of mainly guys. It's about a 75% male company, um, you know, and, and so I did a big presentation back in May and we've been sort of laying the, the footwork to, um, to make this a permanent part of our organization and, and who we are and our strategy going forward. Yeah. So, so thanks both for, for introductions. Robin, I'll shut up in a minute and let you join in the conversation. I just yeah, want to no, kind of get that, some, that's quite some, all right. <laughs> some groundwork laid. Um, so I, had, I, had, I think I had both of you on a couple of years ago. We did a series of shows, I think in 2019 or so, um, during Pride Month, mm-hmm. yeah. um, we did a series of shows. Had you guys both on, talked about different topics. So kind of, so we've had we've had conversations in and around this stuff, and, and for for a number of a number of years. And uh, Katrina, I, like one thing I want to get to in a second is like you, you you have a unique experience in that you've come out twice, and I want to talk a bit about that. And, and then. Um, you just used, though, I want to go back to Lara for one second. Lara, you just used, like, a whole bunch of trans masks, trans femme, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and so we, so I titled this show Self-Definition and Pronouns, right? Because I think part of it is, like, people hear non-binary and they get confused. And then if you start descending into the other subcategories that, because it's a broad spectrum, right? So I, I guess yeah, I, let's, let's, Let's start with spectrum and talk about that a little bit, self-definition and spectrum. Is that something you can grab onto and comment on? I think it's just, I think it's a lot of not having vocabulary for it before this. I I don't know. What do you think, Katrina? Like, I feel like it's something that's evolved over time, and each generation has a little bit of a different vocabulary around it. Yep. I, you know... The word, I'm a word nerd, so we all know this, and I just want to set that ground before I get on my soapbox, right? So I don't use the word spectrum, for example, because it implies okay. that there are two ends, that, mm. that there are two ends that, that are right and that everything in the middle is just floating. And I, mm-hmm. I would prefer to think of identity as more of like an open field, like a playground, there's so many things that you can be, and the only thing that I'm willing to really attach on to personally is that it will always be evolving, that mm-hmm. I am always open to change and I'm always open to learning more, and I expect that playground to be filled with fun things, right, and new things and things that I didn't expect and things that I can learn about. I guess that's my thought on it. Mm-hmm. So, so those are things that are fun for you. Growth things that are fun for you is that kind of the oh. is that kind of the perspective that you're. Did you want to have therapy to? today? Uh, I, no, I, no, 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 no. I say that with love. <laughs> yeah. I say this with love because, as someone who 
and I'm going to say something in front of all of you that I haven't really said in front of a lot of people, as someone who identifies as trans and non-binary, it Mm -hmm. is both mortifying and exhilarating to share who you are and to discover who you are. I say mortifying because myself and so many of the people I love who have had hard conversations have realized that we have owned a lot of trans hatred and trans fear simply because of the way we were educated about how it exists in the first place. And so the reason I try to be really intentional when I say why I don't use the word spectrum, for example, right, because I have these Mm -hmm. conversations in workplaces too, I want them to see it as fun. I want to introduce discovery as imagination instead of what usually happens, which is I say trans, your brain just did what? What did you Mm -hmm. picture? What did you think about? Mm -hmm. Because usually it's a mockery. It is not beautiful trans wellness. It is weird pictography in TV and movies. It is murder, you know? Right. Yeah, it's been associated with violence for a long, long time. Absolutely. Even if it's not, so, so, so there, there is this, like, struggle for lots of people, whether it's in the workplace or just in society. And there are there are plenty of, like, there's violent trends. Um, there, I just was reading a case about a woman, a young woman who was killed here in Tampa. She's the fourth trans person killed in, in Florida this year, and she was homeless. She was kicked out by her parents. Um, she had founded a number of support groups and stuff and then basically kind of lost her own support system and wound up dead a, a month or so ago and yeah. under you know, under not great circumstances, although nobody knows exactly what happened except that she's dead, right? And she's like not even mm-hmm. twenty. Um, so there's plenty. There's plenty of those. St- I mean, it's. I mean, terrible, terrible stories. Um, yeah. There are also there are also people who try to to be allies. There are people, you know, professionally or personally. There are people who. The other spectrum, the other, there are plenty of people who, for whatever reason, it just, as soon as they see or experience any sort of trans, non-binary uh, person or hear about it, it's like they, they freak out and become some sort of, you know, supervillain or something with hatred. I, I, and I guess, I, you know, I, I, I understand it's provocative and it's scary and it's confusing for everybody, not, not just the people who don't understand it, but the people, as you said, Karina, so eloquently who are living through it. What, why is it like, I mean, I, there's no great, there's no great answer, but like, it's, that, I mean, it's cause there's, there's, there's simultaneous trends, I guess, where there's like, it, things are really terrible. And, and yet there's also some really good signs that there's of acceptance and encouragement. And, and I don't know how to parse the two because like everything else in our society, we're so split on it. And I don't know how you live in that, how you live in that environment. That's a I think a we live out loud. loaded, open-ended. Question. Yeah, I, I, I think in part you have to you have to think about the people that come after you. I feel like that's something that, especially over the last generation of queer and trans folks, um, is that we've realized that um, the groundwork was laid out for us, and so we we stepped on that ground and we built more. 
And the people that come behind us are going to have to build more than that. Like I, I don't have hope that this will all just be magically resolved in our lifetime, but I have hope that we'll make it better for the people who live in this lifetime and even better for the ones after that. Yeah. And we have to live out loud, right? You know, it's really weird timing that we're having this conversation because full transparency, I have a letter coming out on Friday where I'm coming out again. And (laughs) the reason I decided to write that letter is not because I want everyone to know my life. I actually don't want to explain anything about my genitalia. Like, I write a blog about recruiting. We're not going to discuss that, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't want to discuss how, like, I, I don't want to talk anything about my body or my physical or anything. The reason I decided to speak up is because I realized how privileged I am. And if I'm scared, if I have experiences where, for example, I go to a doctor and they do not even provide me decent care, if I'm scared standing there as someone who is financially stable, who runs their own company, who has people that report to them, who is, I mean, by all your check boxes, I have every bit of stability I need to make every choice I want to live as loudly mm-hmm. as I can, and I sit here in silence, how scared is that kid? How scared is that customer service rep who's trying to make their way up? How scared is that person on their way to a boardroom, a Fortune 500 mm-hmm. boardroom? You know? And if those of us who experience, and I, would, I do believe this, I, extreme, I have extreme privilege. If I have this kind of privilege and I do not use it to open the door to let the light in for somebody else, I just, how can I expect it to be better? Like you said, Laura, like how can I expect anything to change? Yeah, it's, I don't want to read any more stories like you, you talked about, Mike. Yeah, and I think it's just it's vitally important for the trans community, especially that we're seeing people like Katrina in the world and not murder stories on the news, right? Like mm-hmm. it is just it's vital that we're able to talk about um, transgender and non-binary people as success stories, as you know, living their everyday life and and sort of change the narrative that's been in the media particularly for, for the last generation. Like, oh, this is a provocative, you know, storyline for this person who's going to be murdered on our police show. Like that, those were, I don't know, 90% of the trans characters that um, my generation would see growing up on TV, if you yeah. any at all. Yeah, yeah. We, lost, we lost Robin for some reason. I don't know if she'll come back, but she dropped off. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm older by far than both of you, and I definitely remember, you know, that the sort of the, like, you know, going back to the, the here's Robin back, sorry, like, you know, Psycho, right, and Anthony Perkins and that character, you know, I mean, yeah, I was, you know, that, that's been a trope forever in, in, in our society, and it's, and it's changing now, I think, well, you know, like I said, that parallel track, there, I think there are, there are changes, but it's still, people still scream like crazy. Robin, are, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I'm back. I, uh, oh, got yeah, off, I saw you I'm dropped back. off. I saw you, yeah, I know, like, this thing has been glitchy today. Um, Katrina, let's, let's, let me ask that question about coming out, because I didn't know you were headed towards a third time, so... <laughs> but, so so you, you came out... Me neither. Yeah, it, 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 to your point, it's a journey, right? Um yeah. You um, you came out a few years ago as queer, I guess, and then you came out, and I remember this, that you came out as being non-binary, and 
had a whole kind of experience and, and now it sounds like I, I can guess the other one, but like, you don't have to share. Um, but anyway, talk about that a little bit and, and what that was yeah. like and what the differences are, I guess, because it, it, I think it'll maybe help people who don't get it maybe understand a little bit. 100%. And uh, full transparency, if you come out four times, you actually throw a party on the fourth time. And I'm throwing a party <laughs> this time. Um, yeah. It'll be online. It'll be a happy hour. The link will be free on Friday, and I expect all three of you to be there. Um, but, uh, my coming out journey was interesting because I grew up in a military family and growing up on military bases, it was actually illegal to be gay, right? You, if you had a partner, you would be kicked out of the military. And so I did not even meet a real gay person until I was 19 years old. And knowing that I had these feelings, but not being able to connect it to stories or real things, I spent a lot of time just having these feelings without being able to put words to it. So I came out to my mom when I was 16 years old, and I cried and cried and cried, and I just begged her to love me. And she said, yeah, I know, which is like the worst thing you can say to someone who's coming out, just broadly. If anybody was listening to this for advice, don't say that. Uh, and... um I went right back into the closet because I saw movies like Boys Don't Cry. And I felt all of these things. And I had looked in the mirror a thousand times and had all of these thoughts, but I didn't want to be like that. And I surely didn't want to not fit in. And so I went back into the closet until I was about 22. And I came out again as gay. And then Fast forward, I stayed in the closet at work for a long time. I mean, really, I feel like I almost used coming out as like a pressure point. I never have a thought and then like come out. No, no, no. I have the thought and then I wait two years <laughs> to <laughs> say anything or to ask for anything different from anyone else because I have to like really think about it. You know, like, like I need to know. And like, God forbid I say something to someone and then take it back. But here's the only truth I've learned about coming out is that we will do it a million times. And there is no right way. And the only expectation that I have for anyone in my life is shit can change. And as someone, like this coming out, and you'll read this, if you talked to anyone I know, uh, a friend that we share, Franny, I was talking mm -hmm. to her not even a week ago, and I said to her, I don't want to come out. And she's like, you don't have to. And we had this whole conversation, and then I went and I had this inhumane medical experience, and I realized that I can't just keep quit sitting quietly. And so now I'm almost forced into this coming out because I feel like if I don't say something, how can I expect anyone else to make anything better? Like, how can we expect work to be a, a safe place, and I'm air quoting, safe place, if all we do is sign contracts when these people sign Hippocratic oaths, and they still don't treat trans people equally, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I, we have, we have another former, I have a friend who's a former guest um, and she's breast cancer um, treatment. Um, she, she doesn't choose the, 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 the fight or the battle or the war against cancer. She, she dealt with cancer and she, she's um, big on consent, big on medical, you know, listening, et cetera, et cetera. And she also is big on um, different kinds of spiritu spirituality. And so she, a couple months ago, she asked someone, 
online on TikTok that said, I'm praying for you. And she said, please don't. Don't pray for me. I don't need your prayers. 700,000 comments later, she, it, it created a rage. This has nothing to do with our topic other than the reactions that, that these kind of things can provoke. She, seven, her her, her I'll, I'll pr- don't pray for me thing went viral in the Christian community, conservative Christian community, and caused so much <laughs> vilification. Fortunately, she didn't take it personally. Otherwise, I, I would have think she would have been. But it, it's just so strange to me that these things take on this this context. And, and, and yes, I, I talked to Franny last week as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there, you know, uh, lo- lots of examples of this kind of kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just it's weird. Um, but I think I think a lot of times that's the. But we see this. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm like shaking my fist at the cloud here. But um, you know, it's the it's the piling on mob mentality that obviously she went through in that yep. situation. And you know, I'm I'm sitting here as the you know straightest white middle-aged HR lady, you know, in the world, um, you know, but I, um, I can tell you, and, and Katrina is just like one of my heroes, uh, that I quote all the time uh, and don't do her justice, <laughs> but, but I tell her story, um, you know, at a high level to a lot of people in kind of one, one-on-one conversations. And I find myself sometimes, when you know it's 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 educating people it's changing people's you know hearts and minds and and getting them to think of uh, again that that you know that field that spectrum that whatever um where, where folks will uh, say to me um uh, you know I, i'm thinking of a conversation i had a couple of months ago at one of my little local neighborhood bars and uh, I live in the reddest of red areas in the country. And I don't remember how the conversation came up, but a woman said to me something about, uh, I think there was a news story on or something, and it, it referenced either gender identity or non-binary people or something. And she was like, I don't, I don't, she wasn't being judgmental or anything, but she just kind of said out loud, I don't understand that. Do you understand it? And I said, well, I can't profess to be an expert certainly in in the experience but here's what i know and let me tell you about some of the folks that i know and here's how i approach it and it led to a really good thoughtful conversation from somebody that i would have thought and i think had she been part of a crowd or a mob um her ears would have been closed yeah but that one-on-one conversation they change mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. And Robin, you don't know this, but you were one of the first people to ever invite me to talk about who I was. I I've been a speaker for a that. very yep. long time. I, I've been a speaker for a really, really long time. And I was so scared to speak, right? Because I, mm-hmm. for, I thought I had to be good to be a good speaker, right? So I had to be good at something. So I focused on social media. I became a good writer. I focused on all the things. And you were one of the only people who ever said, Katrina, I don't care about that. I care about who you are. Why don't you come talk about who you are? And I remember that too, because the woman sitting next to me said, I don't even know what LGBT stands for. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, I remember that. That's a rat. <laughs> that was not that long ago, y'all. It was no, not yeah, that long ago. No. 
Yeah, and and I think so many people get caught up on the terminology and um, and trying to define things in ways that they understand, and it's really hard sometimes to get people to just open their minds and and hear. And that's why I think those one-on-one conversations are so important. Like, hear someone's story. You know, um, nearly every trans person that I've ever interacted with and, and had a deep relationship will tell you stories about when they were a kid. Um, you know, that uh, maybe they were, uh, when they were playing house as a kid, like, oh, well, I was always the dad, even though, you know, I was supposed to be one of the girls. And so things like that happen, and it makes a huge impact because people think the narrative that is said by the media is like, well, they wake up one day and they're like, oh, this trans thing is trending. I'm going to come out and start picking hormones. And (laughs) that's not how any of it works. But it's how so many people seem to believe it works. Well, you can just decide to be a man or a woman. Like we haven't had female presenting men or male presenting or masculine presenting women for eons, right? Ever, It's not a new thing. It just, there's just new vocabulary to go around it. Yeah. The the technology is a little better in some cases, but (laughs) that's not really, I'm, I'm, that's not really facetious, but it, 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 you're, you're, you're so right about that. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a choice. And I, I have stories in my family, my extended family, where and, – and it's, there seems to be a generational thing as well, um, where it – like kids I'm, – I'm, I'm talking about really kids – are a little bit more free to – feeling more free to explore, explore in these directions in their own lives – um, even though their parents may or may not understand it or like it, um, I, my 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 middle son came out in high school when he was he's gay and he came out when he was I think he was 15 years old, and we lived in a, a smaller uh, city in Indiana, you know, kind of a semi-rural uh, school district, yeah. and the and the and the pushback was so hard on him that we had we literally had to move across town to another school district so that he could continue to go to school. This is 20 some years ago. And it was, but it was horrendous. I mean, he was, and it was like, I, I, you know, at the time I told him, I said, I did, this is the bravest thing I've ever seen anybody do. And, and yet, you know, the outcome, you know, so horrible. And, and so I do, like, I see some examples now. And like I said, in my own feeling where, you know, it, it, I feel like, well, I feel more encouraged about the potential outcomes, but it's, it's still, it's still tough. Larry, you live, you live in it. You live, I don't know exactly where you grew up, if it was in Grove or not, but you, you certainly have a family in a small town. How did your experience coming out go? And was it, was it easy or hard? I, 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 that's a dumb um, question. I know it wasn't easy, but like, how, how did it go for you? It was easier than the people around me. So I was the first in a group of maybe three of us in high school to come out. Um, and so at first my mom was freaking out because she had this idea that everyone who was gay had mental illness, um, a, a weird association that she created over the years. Um, mm-hmm. and so she, and then like my like super, um, redneck dad from Georgia was just like, Oh, well that must've been really hard for her to say, like, maybe you should stop freaking out and go comfort your daughter. Um, <laughs> so, so like family wise, like, uh, and then, you know, obviously I had um, other members of my family who, you know, we've cut ties or, or because they were extremely conservative. Um, I think it was actually, and then I got outed like at school, which was a hard process. 
But um, when my other two friends came out during their senior years and first year of college, watching them go through the process was much harder because um, I was mm-hmm. raised Episcopalian, so we we're you know not that um, tied to are not that conservative in our religion, I guess we should say. And um, my friends were evangelicals, and the whole town was evangelical. Mm. And so um, one of my friends went through anti-gay therapy in 2000, 2001, mm. maybe, um, and uh, went through some truly horrific things with that. Um, so, like, most of the trauma I have around coming out really wasn't from my own, though, of course, you know, there there was a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of difficult situations to navigate there, and I lost some relationships as as most people did in that generation. But um, but yeah, but seeing the people coming out after me, uh, for one of them, it's like their their mother was like, okay, well, you know, we accepted you, and so for him, he was like, well, I watched you come out, and then basically it gave me the courage to be able to come out, which was great. Um, the other one kind of went the opposite direction, and um, so so yeah, it was just. A very interesting experience in rural Oklahoma, for sure. But then mm. I looked, you know, I went back to visit maybe five years later, and there were, like, three or four openly gay kids in high school already. So, like, I, I felt like we saw that sort of immediate effect because we didn't know any openly gay people. Like, we were the only gay yeah. people we knew on the whole planet, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Thank God the internet came out like at the very end of high school for me because I I really would have thought I was an alien. Like it was me and two gay guys. <laughs> that was that was at least two more gay people than Katrina knew. So you really had a heads up even in your small town apparently versus a tiny boat base. It's yeah I, I don't know. Um, yeah I think the internet probably has changed a lot because certainly access to community. Um, et cetera, you know, is more, much more readily available these days than it was even back in, in, in your day and certainly in, you know, before that. Um, yeah. yeah, I've met your mom. She's evolved. She's, she's, she's great. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, we have 11 minutes. I'm not sure. Can I Robin, did, did you have anything to kind of throw in here? Katrina does. Well, okay. Yeah, I, you know, just, sort of as a punctuation point on on the the coming out stories, especially at that, you know, at that age of uh, high school age, teenage, teenager age. Um, and it just makes me heartbroken when, um, you know, you see uh, school districts across the country now um, trying to shut down access to yeah. books um and uh resources that have been specifically written um yeah. for for kids and um it's uh, you know but thank goodness yes you know anytime a book is banned it's going to make it more popular so <laughs> you know this is different than 20 years ago somebody want, really wants you know uh, gets wind of something they can access that book or uh, those resources online but it's just it's amazing to me that uh, um and pick a topic right but certainly this topic where where you know school districts are going to go let's ban this book cuz we don't want you know my 16 year old child reading about um somebody that they can relate to and their experiences and it's it's just infuriating so yeah but that was that's my editorial aside but I think Katrina did have something to say. 
No, totally. I Well, and I think that actually is part of what I wanted to say, too, is I think, you know, you we take those away, and you also have to realize what's happening in the Supreme Court, right? In the yeah. first six months of this year, there were more anti-trans bills passed than in the last 10 years. Imagine what it feels like for a kid who doesn't know, who's Googling, to land on those news sites, to hear people screaming in their legislatures about how children do not deserve to play. I mean, something so simple, like telling a parent that you are not allowed to administer medication to your child that both you and your child want. I mean, in what world, right? right? And, and on that education note, I wanted to clarify something, too, is, like, I think part of the fact is, like, we have very distinct definitions in our mind. Like, we almost had a binary, non-binary thing. Like, trans is not a binary thing. And so I want to clarify that, yes. like, for me, trans means you do not align with your gender that you were born at birth. Okay? That's mm-hmm. it. It does not mean you want to transition. It does not mean you're changing your name. It does not mean that because you don't feel aligned with that, that you are something else instantly, and we're doing some kind of math equation. That's not yep. what it means. Yeah, there are a million um, trans people who never take hormones. There are trans people who just present differently, gender nonconforming people, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not, like, immediately, like, well, I was a woman, now I'm going to be a man. Like, there's mm-hmm. this whole... There's this whole branch of identities that that I I wish people would get to know people and and learn about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah gender fluid, gender queer, the all the other all the other terminologies and labels, and people want to define themselves in their communities, and it, it's just the range is. I think to your point, Katrina, the the range is unlimited. And it, 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 it impacts each individual person in the community in, 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 in extremely different ways and makes, to your point earlier, choices about how you present yourself or how you share with other people. Um, I think each one is unique. Um, but it, so, so one of the things that I think is super important is you guys alluded to it both the community or lack of community, or I guess maybe even to say it a different way, safe spaces. We have seven minutes left. How, how can people help um, create safe spaces? Obviously, conversation and education can't hurt, but what else? Is there anything else you guys can recommend? I think I know that's me. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think you just treat people as individuals. I mean, I think that's, that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. And for me, it's changing little things every day to make what seems like the outside realm the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, for example, like when I'm at – this is so random, but it's a practical way that everyone can. So when I go to the grocery store – I give people compliments in my head, but I assume everyone is non-binary. I don't know. They are. (laughs) I don't know. Therefore, everyone, and I'm like, man, they have nice shoes. I love their hair. They look (laughs) great today. It is Saturday at 7 a.m. What were you doing? You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah, like having these stories in my head, but changing the story in my head and making Uh my reality the norm. And that little bit of shift even 
among my straight friends, they tell me all the time that that practice has helped them so much because it changes how they introduce themselves to others. How should yeah. I refer to you? Right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, we tend to think of a lot of gendered words when we think of people to describe them. And um, taking that out of your vocabulary mm-hmm. when you can is a huge, huge practice for sort of changing the way that, that um, you look at others. Right, and and mm-hmm. just listening to people when they when they talk and using the language that they use about themselves. Right, I, I can't tell you how many times um, I've said the word spouse and someone says husband to me. I'm like, no, I don't have one of those. Um, or even <laughs> first bases have have said the word spouse and they're like, oh, your wife. I'm like, no, 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 no one's wife. She's no one's wife. Um, so you know, it's. <laughs> It's like just pay attention to how people describe themselves and, and use those same words to describe them and the people in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, language is, you know, you've called it out, you know, Katrina. Uh, Larry, you live, in, you live in Mexico and part of that, Colombia, which has very, I think Spanish is a much more gendered language as, as are many others. How does that affect things, and is there an impact in other countries? Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, part of it is just that the thinking um, around gender is just so just sort of stuck in this. There's one, and there's the other, and there's nothing in between. There's mm-hmm. movements of um, younger people in Mexico and Colombia and different places that are trying to use like an E on the end of the word. So instead of saying el or ella, they would say ella. Um, mm. And so this is like the new sort of non-binary word that's come up. But it's interesting to see um, people who are older generations of, um, you know, uh, transmasculine women, for example, who, um, you know, present as very masculine and um, may even have separate pronouns amongst the people that know them well than they do in public, but they're not used to having that option to, um, to have something in between or to have something that's neutral. And so it's like a whole new concept that's very, um, you know, for a certain generation of people, it's very difficult for them, even as gender non-conforming individuals to be able to relate to non-binary people or to be able to use the right pronouns for those people because it's a new vocabulary for them too. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I think culturally it's something that people from the U.S. have to remember. Um, a lot of times when we're dealing with LGBTQ issues from other countries and other cultures, is like you can't expect them to be in the same place that we've gotten in our society. Um, and, you know, some, some people are further along in that journey and, and some people are a little further behind. And so I think it's important also for people in the DEI space to make some room for that and make some room for those conversations where people have to ask the dumb questions and you have to do the free emotional labor thing. And, um, you know, because you just you do need to catch people up when they don't have the same cultural references as you do, and particularly the same language references. Yeah. Very interesting. We're down to two minutes. Um, so first of all, I want to say thanks to both of you for coming on and having this Absolutely. discussion with Robert and I. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to share some thoughts, um, talk about some things that matter to some people and hopefully can make a little bit of a difference. Um, guys got final thoughts um, before you head off respectively to go back to the rest of your day? <laughs> 
I appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. I think it's important. I think it's important to involve as many people as we can. Um, and I think it's important for people to live out loud. And so I want to say thank you, especially to Katrina, for coming out again and, um, yep. <laughs> you know, and shining that light for others to follow. And no more clickbaity non-binary headlines. You call me if we're going to talk about non-binary boardrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. I thought she had a deeper knowledge. We found out just like 30 seconds before the show started. She was like, I don't have a lot to say on that. I was like, oh, so we, had to, we had to evolve our show. But anyway, you call um, me that's, that's, that's the way shows go sometimes. Thanks so much. It, it's uh, these are always learning moments for me personally and on my own journey and you know and uh, I uh, yeah hopefully someone else can have the same the same experience so both of you have a great day and uh, probably happy holidays because I'm not sure I'll talk to some of you again including you Robin between now and Christmas yeah, and less than like that's right so happy holidays and and uh, happy New Year as we move into that dreaded 2022 so take care I'm gonna I'll go see ahead. you on the beach. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, see, uh, see you in even February, Katrina, down here. That'll be great when you start you your van life trip. I can't wait for that. Absolutely. So Anyway, all right, we will talk to you both soon. Take care. Have a great day. Right. You too. Bye, everybody. Thanks.